Hello there. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. But joining us for VIP Boxing, Bell to Bell, episode 119. Uh, you might be watching us on YouTube, listening on iTunes or Spotify. Leave us a nice review, a bad review. Just say whatever you want, but leave something anyway. I'm Steve Lillis. Uh, with me, as always, up in the top left-hand corner, I think it looks... Turns out I don't know how these turn around, these screens. Uh, John Evans, you okay, John? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. Good. Good to see you. You've made it back. Some of us have been working hard while you've been off there in Las Vegas. Mate, I was doing, I was doing a couple hours a day out there, and my, my, the old guests tonight are out for that. Anyway, a special guest. Well, one, one thing he is for sure is uh, if he isn't, he's certainly not one of the richest men in British boxing. He's far from that. But what he is, he's one of the hardest working. He's a promoter, trainer, manager. He's got a show on Friday that's like, see that hairline is getting further and further back as the hours count down to his show in Leicester on Friday. It's Carl Greaves. He also has 39 or 40 fights and two challenges to the British Super Featherweight title, was it, Carl? Yeah, that's correct to uh, Gomez and Arthur. Yeah. yeah, well, anyway, thanks for joining us. I know you've had a, a mad day and uh, it's good of you. How are you, Carl, anyway? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Steve. I'm not too bad. Plodding yeah, on. Uh? Plodding on. <laughs> that's all you can do, mate. All you can do. Hey, you know what you were just saying, then, about not being one of the richest people? It's something I say to a couple of uh, the young lads in my gym, and maybe Ka Carl should probably never do it. Have you ever worked out your hourly wage from boxing, Carl? <laughs> I haven't, mate, no. I put some hours in, though. I tell you, I put some hours in. Definitely, especially in the gym as well. Must be frightening. If you sat down and worked it out, it'd be frightening, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, mate. It would. Yeah, so what have you literally just finished? I spoke to you first about half eight this morning and you've literally just finished, huh? Yeah, I finished, my, I finished the class. I went in tonight at five o'clock, trained the pros, and then I did a class um, seven o'clock until, no, quarter past seven till quarter past eight. Walked in the door at half past eight, got my tea down me and I've joined you, boys. All right, okay. Well, we'll get on. We won't keep, we'll, take, we'll be as quick as we can So I know you want to, Get a bit of re relax relaxation tonight. You know how this works. Three minutes each topic. John rings that bell. And we're going to have John kicking us off this week, if you're ready, John. Yeah, ready when you are. And the big fight this weekend, John, Taylor Lopez. Taylor Lopez, yeah. I can't wait for it, you know. And uh, there's something about fights like this where it's just clashes of total opposite people and total opposite styles and personalities that just attracts me in, you know. Taylor and Lopez, they couldn't be any more different, could they? Totally different outlooks on life, totally different ways of going about things. They're going to clash all week when they're yeah, in the same it. room together. It's going to build up and build up. And then when we, when we get in the ring, I don't think the styles can fail to create a good fight. Taylor's, Taylor's going to be Taylor. He's going to be relentless. I tend to believe him when I think he underperformed against Catterall, although I think Jack's vastly underrated and won that fight by a mile. I tend to believe Josh when he says he underestimated a little bit and he had an off night. Um, Lopez, you never know what you're going to get, do you? You know, he can switch someone off in the blink of an eye or he can be completely cold and off it. But I, I just think it's going to be a, a a hit this fight. I can't wait for it. I don't know what's going to happen. I would, I would favour Taylor to break him down, break his heart and wear him out. But it wouldn't surprise me if Lopez landed something big. So, yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah, I think uh, my only concern with Taylor is the weight. 
He's a big, big kid for the weight. And how he makes 10 stone, I'll never know. Um, he's he's going to catch up with him sooner or later. I mean, last time against Catterall, he had a bad night. Um, he worked hard, but I just think he had a bad night. And uh, Catterall definitely won that fight, no doubt about it. But that's my only concern with Taylor. He's a great fighter, but I just think keep making 10 stone is going to be one fight too many soon. And... Could possibly be this one with um, with Lopez's style. Um, he's relentless again, but I mean, it's a good fight. It's a very good fight. You've got a favorite 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 Taylor, but um, it's definitely a great fight. I love Josh Taylor. He's nasty. He wants to hurt people. He, to me, he's he's my type of fighter, and I really like him as a guy. And I think I've, I spent some time with him one day once, taken to a press conference in Scotland. And when he says he wants to cause damage to people, he means it, mate. He's nasty. Um, I think Taylor's going to be spurred out of the way is, is an issue, but I think Taylor's going to be spurred on by the criticism he got in the catch-all fight. And I think he's going to want to show he is the daddy at 140 pounds, even if he moves up after this. I, I'm, I'm really confident in Taylor for this fight. I think he'll wear him down. I think he'll force Lopez to fight three minutes around. Have we often seen that, fellas? You know, and that, and that's how I think is the key to his victory. And I th I'm really confident he'll win it about 10 rounds. And, uh, yeah. and I think the nastiness in the build-up this week will, will encourage him even more to go in there with spite and hate on his mind. Yeah, when, when he fought Ramirez, it was nasty and he was brilliant, Taylor, that night, wasn't he? he seemed yeah, very Round two, over to you, Carl. The cost of foreign boxers as a promoter. It's just getting stupid now, Steve. As you know, um, I mean the one in the one in the same price as an English fighter, if not more. And then plus you've got your hotels, your food, your foreign boxers fee, your your flights, your transfers. It's just getting absolutely stupid now, and. Um, I really feel sorry for these prospects that's coming through that you try to build them on your own shows because when you're on ticket deals, if you stick to the 50-50 split after paying the opponent, then they're hardly left with anything. I mean, I'm trying to look after them the best I can, but if my shows aren't doing very well, I can't really do a lot about it. I have to stick to the deal, but if they're doing well on my shows, I will look after them a better, give them a better deal than that if they're having to bring a foreigner in, but... I just think now it's getting really, really hard for small old boxing. We're all struggling. I mean, my last two shows have lost money. I'm going to lose money on Friday. And I used to do really well on my shows, I'll be honest with you, but it's getting harder and harder. And it's because of the cost of things is going up. And uh, I don't know how it, I don't know how it's all going to pan out, but at the moment, um, I'm starting to have second thoughts. It's getting me down a little bit. So I want to build these kids, but... I can't keep risking my own money. I'm a working class man. I work hard. Boxing's my living. You know what I mean? So I've got to have reevaluate re things and just see where I'm going to go. But uh, I mean, I've got a show next week in Grimsby and that's doing really well. Uh, the tickets are flying out. But I mean, I know you take the rough with the smooth, but I mean, the cost of these opponents now, it's getting really hard. What, what do you think, is, is Carl, do you think, you know, is there a big problem that, you know, promoters aren't sticking to what they might, you know, what guidelines should be for a four-rounder, a six-rounder as well? Yeah, I mean, a lot of us are. I mean, you've got the general boxing, you know what I mean, the proper boxing people in the game that are sticking to the usual, like, 
12, 1300 quid for a four, like 18, 19 for a six, two, four for an eight. But there's some that's being really greedy in there. And I find it's the ones that don't promote. A lot of the managers that don't promote are wanting a lot of money, a lot more money, because they don't know how hard it is promoting. You find that the managers that promote as well understand the game more and they will work with you. But these these uh, managers that don't promote, it's just they're just asking for stupid money now. And, and these agents who's bringing the foreigners in know they can get it, so they're going to just put a price on it. And if you're desperate, you're going to have to accept it. And this is what's happening. Yeah. Sometimes, Carl, as well, is it, is it like you, you literally don't know what you're going to get? We're getting more and more opponents who've never been over. You're paying top dollar and then all of a sudden they're getting the ring and you, you're getting nothing for your money. Are you finding that more and more often now? Yeah, you get some that's not very good at all. I mean, but the board are really clamping down now. It's so hard getting a foreigner in now yeah. with a with a crap record. You just can't do it. I mean, even if your kid's only had a couple of fights and he's still not ready to step up, the board are knocking a lot of them back, which you can understand it because, I mean, you're not getting value for money and they know that these aren't up to, up to scratch. But you're getting the odd one coming in now that's causing the odd upset as well, which is good. But... Um, you have to take the risk now because, like I say, it's getting harder and harder the matching, and um, and they're asking for stupid money as well. Um, round three. Um, I know this will be one of your topics, uh, John. Um, Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> I just think someone needs to get a grip of the fella. You know, I'm not going to go and people are saying all sorts about how he might be living, but. You can't having this open warfare with Brian Garcia telling Eddie Earn to get in his lane. Twitter isn't the place to do it. That sort of behaviour alienated Canelo, and you wonder where 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 the where you know with this sort of these sort of antics. I mean, the guy might have a contract with Garcia, but you can't see that relationship lasting. And you wonder now where it's going to go for Golden Boy Promotions. Uh, they lost a very, very good boxing man recently in Robert Diaz. Um, Eric Gomez, who's still there, who's someone who's very, very loyal to Oscar De La Hoya. I think they've been close, close friends since they was kids. But the stuff with Ryan Garcia, um, Twitter is not the place to start starting a ruck with your stable star. I just think it's madness and someone needs to get a hold of him. He, he's just he's almost like he's out of control sometimes. Though at the moment, he is. And I did, I did laugh at telling Eddie Earn to get in his lane. Now, he obviously feels that um, Eddie's trying to take another Golden Boy fighter in Garcia, which, if he did, would be um, a killer, possibly, for that promotional group. John? Yeah, his head's gone completely, hasn't it? Del Oscar used to be so poised, didn't he? He was the perfect professional. He knew exactly how to work the media. He had a smile for everyone. I always said the right thing. Since he hung his gloves up and he's had a position of more responsibility, he's gone the complete opposite way, hasn't he? Absolutely mad. Can you, you imagine any You become bitter in boxing, mate. You become bitter. <laughs> when you're an ex-fighter and you see what's going on, you just become bitter, mate. And I think that's going to be me soon if I'm not careful. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing, Carl? Slagging off uh, Avanesian and stuff like that in public? Oh, mate. No, I don't think I'll get to that stage, but I'm being... I'm starting to get a little bit bitter now, mate. It's getting harder and harder, and I'm thinking, yeah. what am I doing? I used to see Floyd used to do it with Tank Davis and his people, didn't he? he used to keep them away from the big fight. I just wonder if some of it's jealousy, seeing how much these kids are earning these days for, for fighting 
half as often as Delahoy and Floyd used to do in their peak. I just wonder if a little bit of it's jealousy and not wanting their protege to take some of their limelight and stuff. It, it's mad. But he's just made mistakes, Oscar. I mean, it was it, it was madness not going to the press conference after the loss. Yeah. To Tank. That's where he should have been. Congratulating Tank. We'll do this match down the line. Ryan gave it. You know, what Garcia, for all, he can handle himself verbally. But when you've suffered a loss like that to your arch rival, you need a bit of love from those that have got you into that position. And he hasn't he hasn't got any love from then. And you know what? For all, you know, we see how an extrovert Garcia is. Even he needs that arm around him and that bit of love from those who are like Delahoya, but he's not getting it. I, I feel a bit. He's only, a kid still, he's only a still a kid, isn't he, Garcia? Yeah, he's yeah. still a kid. You know Madness. what I mean? Fine. Right. Round four. Um, over to you, John. Um, Crawford and Spence. Whoa, yeah, what a fight. God, since we we started this all when the coronavirus was going, we were talking about this fight being overdue then. And finally we've got Crawford and Spence, and I think we'll talk about the fight more as it comes, but I think everyone's just crossing their fingers and praying that it's not too late because we can't afford this fight to be a flop, can we? I think boxing needs... This is the biggest fight since Mayweather Pacquiao, possibly, and I think boxing needs it to be big, doesn't it? It needs to be a, a good event, and we need a good fight and a good winner. Um, I just hope they've not fucked about for so long that they've both gone over the peak and we get... A shot version of one of them, or the weight's too much for Spence. Let's just cross our fingers, hope we can both do the weight well. We get good versions of both fellas, and if we do, I, I don't think it can fail to be a good fight. But let's just hope we've not left it too long. Yeah, I yeah, think. Got to, you, sorry, sorry, you've got to remember that I was uh, obviously against yeah. um, Crawford on his last fight, yeah. and obviously I was up close to him, and um, he's very, very special. He's very special. I mean. I think David Avenesian was in the fight, but um, you could just see with with uh, with Crawford how special he is close up. Harry, you know what I mean? He's so cute and clever, and just makes you just 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 skill set is unbelievable. Um, I'm still very very bitter about the glove situation. I think it was completely out of order what he did. Um, I'm really hoping something comes of it because. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into the ins and outs, but it was absolutely disgraceful what they did to them gloves. Um, but take nothing away from him ability-wise. He's a star-quality fighter. And um, you can just see the class, especially when you're up, up close to him, um, literally a, a few feet away. It's unbelievable. Yeah. As I said, I think we've just got the fight in time, John. You know, it, it, look, you know, it might have been better a year ago, but they, they've still both got so much left often. I think today, I think Crawford's going to win. But I bet it, it could be one of those fights. The more I will listen to interviews, watch footage and read about it, I'm going to change my mind several times. Even even when we talk about it on here the couple of weeks before the fight, I, I, I could be on Spence next week. And, that, and that's what makes it such a great, great fight. I, I do fancy Crawford being a bit more active. I still, I just think this is, this is the fight he's been waiting for. I fancy Crawford right now, but I could change. And that, as I say, that says what what a great fight it is that you can change your mind. I think. Yeah, we... I can remember. Sorry, John. I can remember uh, going to the Mayweather gym after uh, we went to Vegas after David beat Mosley. We had a bit of a holiday in in Vegas, had a bit of celebration, and we had a tour and had a walk into Mayweather's gym. 
And I can remember one of the coaches telling me, and never, never forget, that Spence is the only man that he's seen give Floyd Mayweather trouble. And this was years ago, 2016, he mentioned it. And he said he's the only man that gave um, that gave Mayweather trouble. But he said, ah, the alley he makes, uh, makes the weight. He just, he's a big, big kid against Spence. But it always stuck in my head what he said. He said he gave Mayweather all the trouble he could handle in sparring. Yeah. Go on, Carl. You've had a long day. You always moan to me about this topic. Training camps at four rounders and six rounders boast about. You can do the old three minutes if you want. And John, I'm going to have a drop of water. John can go and check his dogs okay and listen to you at the same time. Yeah, I just think it's ludicrous when you're hearing all these kids who are doing four and six rounders against journeymen, having training camps and eight-week camps. And even like some of my fighters are like, I know things change in that, but like these journeymen are just basically, I know they're ticking over in that, but they're just turning up at a day's notice. You know what I mean? Turning up with, with like a, a friend who's driving them down there and get someone to do the corner or if some of them's got coaches and, and we have a little giggle about it because they're like all these kids having training camps and, um, and after they've finished them, that's the rat. That's a rat now. You know what I mean? That's a rat. Um, and then like, you know what I mean? Getting in there and, and you think to yourself, you've sacrificed so much. You've probably gone on strict diets, got nutrition and strength conditioners and all that for, for four and six rounds against journeymen. I just think it's just taking over the lives in that. I mean, surely these kids have got everything in their favour as it is. They're the ones selling the tickets. They're the ones picking the opponents. You just think they'll just keep the sense right. You know what I mean? Go in the gym three or four times a week, enjoy the lights as well. And surely that's enough to beat these journeymen. You know what I mean? You can't be going through what they do, like six, eight week camps. And I mean, I'm having kids pulling off my show saying, Oh, I've uh, I've got work on, I'm working away, I can't, I can't get to the gym. And I'm thinking, you're fighting someone who you should be able to get out of bed of bed and beat, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, yeah, I just laughed. I love to laugh about it, really. But that's the way we are nowadays. And um, this is where the game's changing, you know. I mean, you can't just bring a kid up now and say, look, I've got you a fight uh, in, in two or three weeks' time. I think you, I think you can beat this kid. Because he'll be like, oh, no, no, I'm, I, I need a camp. I need a camp for this fight. So, yeah, that's the sort of like, that's all I want to say on it, really. <laughs> you know what? What what do you think about the handshaking tours for six weeks as well after the beat and these journeymen? <laughs> Unbelievable, I mate. Saw, I saw one the other day. It was Friday. He didn't, he, he, he didn't say that's a wrap, but what a great camp I've had. He was fighting a six-rounder Saturday. And he's a nice fella, so I'm not going to... Look, people take a pity. He's a, not a bad bloke, but it's just how they get this bit of delusion, even the nicest guys. And... Um, what a great camp I've had. He went and won his fight on point Saturday, 60-54, as he should. By 12 o'clock on Sunday, he's putting a picture at Ocean Beach Club by Beefer. Today, he's putting a bottle of a bottle. He's putting a picture of a bottle of Ciroc vodka. I, mean, I hope he sold a lot of fucking tickets Saturday because that money would be gone. I mean, that's what you're dealing with. But you know what? It's a social media age. I'm an old man. I'm 61 years of age. Maybe it's something I can't identify with as much. Final word from you, John, even if we overrun on this round. 
Oh, no, yeah, you've just said it all, haven't you? I think Carl will probably know because he probably gets a lot of these wannabes coming in the gym and stuff. I think a lot of people want to put professional boxer on the little Instagram profile, don't they? Yeah. Get a pose with the referee holding their arm up and, and I think they're happy with that more than anything. I can remember I can remember me. I mean, I was an home fighter. I was a big ticket seller. I can remember being in the gym one day, like John says... Um, John says, go and do your own thing for a bit. You're not be fine for a while. But I always used to train, always used to tick over. And I can remember being in a fitness gym, doing a bit of skipping and shadow boxing, and um, went downstairs after I'd finished a session and had a missed call from John Ashton, my manager. And he said, Carl, I've got this fight for you tomorrow night. I was like, what? And I was an own kid. He said, it's against uh, JT Kelly in Sunderland. He said, I've seen this kid and I know you can beat him. I said, I ain't really 100%, John. I said, but I'll, I'll trust you. I'll listen to your word and that. And luckily, I was one of these that always ticked over, you know what I mean? I was about probably four or five pound overweight at the time. Anyway, I went down there, 24 hours notice, and you wouldn't get kids doing that nowadays, would you? Not own kids. And I went down there, 20, 24 hours notice, and it was right. I went and beat him. I dropped him in the fifth round and got the decision by a round. It was a close fight. It was an own, he was an own kid. But that was a chance to talk. And I just think to myself, you'd never be able to get a kid to do that nowadays. You know what I mean? But that's how different things are. Carlin, if he did, but say for dead to be great. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. But, I mean, it was a great, it was a good win for me because, I mean, JT Kelly, we had a, yeah, again, him, yeah. he had a crazy record. It was like when I boxed him, he'd had 50 fights, won 25, lost 25. I think Tommy Comroy put him on an home, in the home corner on a on a dinner show where them days where the where the promoter sold the tickets and had his um, corporate you know what I mean bought tables and businesses bought tables and he didn't have to sell tickets back then so we put him on and I just went down there twenty four hours notice and upset the apple cart you know what I mean it's very rare you hear that nowadays but that's what I'm trying to say I mean there weren't really training camps back then you just you just ticked over, you kept yourself right. And even as an own kid, if the if the phone call went, you got to be prepared and ready because you had to take your opportunity. But you can't get that nowadays. And also, before we move on after this, I just want to say a lot of these fighters now also have sponsors that pay them a wage. Yeah, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. That, 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 which, you know, that, which makes them more of a more reason to stop, stay unbeaten. Because, you know, in boxing, once you start losing... Interest does wane. You, you've seen that yeah. with fighters. You know, we go back to Manchester story of the nineties with Ricky Hatton. A lot of that when people like Farnell, Will Jonner noticed and Gomez got beat, they went over to Ricky Hatton. You know, support does wane, and you know, and the sponsors will go once you get beat. And I think some fighters think of that. Um, anyway, look, we'll go on to our final round now. Uh, round six. You know, I know it's it's boring. The, the hold up in the heavyweight division. You know what? I'm just sick of hearing from Usyk, Fury, White, Joshua, their promoters about, you know, blaming everyone for this not happening. No one out there in that division is giving a monkey about the fans who want to see action. Nobody. It's all about it's his fault because he wanted this percentage. He wanted that. No one is showing any love for the sport. I love the sport of boxing, even though it drives me mad. I love it. And I just think these people, you, you're doing nothing for the sport at all. It's always about, and then, then they talk about them doing this for the fans. They're, I'm sick of brand fury, brand music, brand everything. I mean, there's more action 
of the fucking national railways on a strike day than the heavyweight, the elite heavyweights at the moment. And I'm just sick to death of it all, the blame game that's going on. And they're doing, it's doing the sport no good. Say what you want about, you know, how boring the, the you know, the Klitschko era was. Bang, they were fighting. He was fighting, fighting mandatories, fighting whoever he had to fight. Lennox Lewis, they was all staying busy in the 90s. This mob, they're only, it goes back to what you say earlier, John, about the money that's being uh, in boxing these days. Um, you know, they, they, can, they don't have to fight. Just, just really pisses me off the heavyweight division at the moment. Just lost toe, and I, you know, I couldn't give a monkey who wins or when and furious it fight the way I feel about it right now. That division, yeah, yeah, it's it's gone. It, it was, it was the most exciting division in boxing a while ago, wasn't it? For yeah, big personalities, different styles. They were all fighting each other. The heavyweight fights we had were great, all of them. We all had something exciting about them. And if they've just killed it. And I just wonder if it's these Saudi Arabians throwing these figures about has just killed it completely. The guys know they can fight once a year, once every 18 months, but think they can earn 40, 50, 60 million quid, and then they don't have to fight for 18 months again. It's just money's killed it. And uh, yeah, I I don't know how it's going to come around again. Yeah, I've got I've got no interest in the heavyweight division at all. When my mates start talking to me about it, I'm just not interested. I said I'm not really interested in the heavyweight division because it's not what it was. I mean, look at the days with Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield and Riddick Bowen. They that was a proper proper heavyweight division. Proper fighters. They all fought each other. They all risked everything. Now you just don't get that. It's just getting it's just getting a joke and just getting a laughing stock. I mean. Tyson Fury's always got an excuse not to fight somebody. I mean, these fights must be easier to make than they're making out. I mean, like that 70-30 split. I mean, when you look at it now, Tyson Fury obviously didn't think Usyk would take it. He took it. And then what was the next excuse? Was it a rematch clause or something? I mean, just get on with these fights. People want to see them. People want to see these big fights. We don't want to see you keep going over old ground and, you know what I mean, Boxing people will know you can be. Let's go in there and try and unify the heavyweight division like they did back in the day. Well, what, what's Fury going to do? You know, he's, he's he's the man with all the titles. Joshua's going to fight White, and and then they're talking about Wilder in another five or six months' time, which is a joke. I don't know what. Joshua's tied up till next summer, the way it's going. Usyk's got his mandatories with Dubois. Fury's... Fury's... Do you know what? Fury had all the goodwill in the world, didn't he? When he yeah. came off that Wilder fight, the third Wilder fight, he, he was the man in boxing. And he's just pissed it away. again. Yeah. I, it's, it's amazing how the last six months uh, you've seen, you know, I'm not saying he's universally unpopular, but from being the most loved boxer there was, you can see the tides turning against Fury with each day. He doesn't yeah. fight, you know, and you can say the governing bodies would have could, could do more about it and false fights upon them. But I know they're on such money if a fight suddenly goes to Saudi Arabia, they're happy to let them get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to strip. But Fury's never getting stripped, is he? Of course he's not. Of course he's not. It's just becoming boring, isn't it? It's just becoming boring. Just fight each other. What's the problem? Just get the fights on what we want to see. You know what I mean? Fury against Usyk and Fury against Joshua, they're the fights we want to see. Not going in with some cruiserweight again that's been that's been scouting around that he's going to be fighting some cruiserweight champion of the world. I even forget his name, never heard of him. 
You know what I mean? We're not interested. Let's get on with these big fights. Let's see him with the big names, Usyk and Joshua. That's all we want to see him with. Brilliant. Well, anything else you want to add, John? Are you finished your, your uh, safe for the week? No, I covered it all, haven't we? Covered it. Yeah. Give us your highlight of Las Vegas, Steve, before you go. Oh, watching a band called L7. They were absolutely sensational. Yeah. They're a band where Nirvana got everything from. They're four women. They now must be nearer 70 than 60, and they're still rocking it. L7, what a band. What a band. You want to go to the other end of the spectrum, listen to Surfboard. They're, the, they're a chic-looking band. They were the face of Gucci in 2018, and they have that look, that pretend druggy look. They're sensational, but I come home absolutely whacked. I haven't recovered. My back's in bits. <laughs> what, I bits. Want to know, what I want to know, Steve, did you go to a pool party in your budgie smugglers? Yes. I went to, I no, I didn't wear I didn't wear budgie smugglers. I wore pro. I used to go to a pool party in the morning. I then go to the show in the afternoon and then go to a nightclub till three o'clock. I'm absolutely ruined. I'll tell you what, I'm up, I'm up at um half six every morning, right? And this morning. I woke up about two minutes before the first phone call came at five to eight when it was Lee Hogan on the phone to me. Who edits this up for us? That that was that. He does knack here, mate, doesn't he? Yeah. So I'm going to go. I'm determined to get up early in the morning and and go training. Just before before you go, how how does this trip to Vegas, Steve, compared to the trips to Las Vegas you used to do when you were in your prime? You know what? (laughs) It's a good question because I'm not in my prime. I don't drink anymore. And this was absolutely fantastic because it was punk rock music, which apart from uh, boxing has been my profession for 30 years, but punk rock music has been a big part of my life since 1977. So to see all these great bands who who don't tour Britain and all that was something else to me, mate. It, It was up there. For me yeah. at my age to be up from half ten in the morning till two in the morning, just <laughs> bands walking around in hundred degree heat, took some doing. Absolutely white. And then I get home when we've out when within hours of getting home, this fella's on the phone to me shouting at who has he done his he done his bloods, has he done this? <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, he might have called me out there. No, no, few people did, not many. Good stuff. But it, it was Brilliant. great, thanks, John. It was really, really good. I don't think I'll do punk rock bowling again because of the state it's left me in. I'm absolutely, <laughs> I'm in bits. My back is just in bits. And I, I train every day. I'm not even out of train since I got back. I'm having a bad way. <laughs> anyway, fellas, thanks yeah. very much for joining us, John. And thanks for uh, m- most of all for caring about my welfare tonight. And my punk rock festival, but yeah, I'm past it for these long festivals. Carl, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, I guess I'll speak to you in about 10, 12 hours' time moaning about yeah, uh, boxing. Thanks a definitely. lot, and thanks every, yeah. everyone for thanks, listening. Thank you. Nice one, John. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions, also Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.